You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Today's show is coming to you on Monday, March 15th, which is the start of the free agency negotiating window, otherwise known as the legal tampering period. Signings can't take place until uh, the 17th, two days from now. But uh, we should know a whole lot about what uh, what your New York Giants are are going to do, you know, between now and Wednesday. Thought we would uh, do one more sort of free agency wrap up breakdown uh, before uh, before things really get into full swing. And and here to uh, to help me discuss uh, your New York Giants and, and what might happen in free agency is good friend Patricia Trainer of Giants Country. Patty, how you doing? Hey, Ed, how's it going? Pretty good, Patty, pretty good. Hey, want to take a minute, want to thank you for jumping on the show, for pinch hitting. Uh, to So folks, uh, just so, so folks know, we were going to do this show, I was going to do this show today with uh, with Big Blue View contributor Nick Filato, but Nick is under the weather, and uh, Patty jumped on real quick to uh, to help me out, which uh, which I appreciate. So thank you for that, Patty, and uh, and we hope Nick is uh, is feeling better. No problem, Ed. Get well soon, Nick. We need you. Yes, Nick works for you and for me, and and you know one of these days, Patty, we're we're just gonna have to have a tug of war over Nick. Or we're just going to have to merge forces. Either one works for me. <laughs> there you go. One way, one way or the other, Patty. One way or the other. Yeah. So, uh, so let's, so let's get into this. Let's get into free agency and, and, you know, Giants fans know what the topics are as, as we, uh, as we get closer to the signing period. The Giants have, depending on what source you, uh, you use, two million, three million, somewhere you know they're they're somewhere in that neighborhood to spend and and we know what the issues are the issues really at this point are the Leonard Williams franchise tag and, and whatever the restructure is going to be with with Nate Solder so let, let's start there patty 19.351 million franchise tag for Leonard Williams in my writing at Big Blue View and here on the show 
I have said that I did not want to see the Giants franchise tag Leonard Williams. I know they want to get a long-term deal done. Just what what's your guess? I mean, the clock is ticking here. What's your guess on, on whether they're actually going to be able to get a deal done by Wednesday so that it would actually matter here during this free agency period? You know, Ed, I've, I've said this all along, and I can't help but wonder if the open grievances – that Leonard Williams has against not just the Giants, but the Jets over how he was classified, be it a defensive tackle, which the Giants and Jets believed him to be and paid him as such, or defensive end, which his camp believes him to be and wants him to be paid as such. I I just wonder if that's not a factor in this whole thing. Because, look, last year the Giants tried to re-sign uh, Leonard Williams to a, to a long-term deal. They weren't able to do that. He ended up playing on the franchise tag. You know, despite the fact that both sides keep saying that they want each other, they'd like to, to get something done, why isn't something getting done? And it comes down to money. And I, it, it also, I think, comes down to, okay, does Leonard Williams view himself as a def- defensive end who should be paid upwards of 20 million, between 20 and 25 a year? Or, you know, are the Giants just, you know, lowballing him? You know, it's hard to say. But I do know um, Dave Gettleman has always said that he will never overpay for a guy. With that said, the franchise tag is kind of overpaying for a guy if you think about it. So, um, yeah, I'm not optimistic that they get something done by the start of free agency. I do think they will get something done. I don't think Leonard Williams is going to play on the franchise tag this year. I just don't know that it's going to get done by, by Wednesday. It would be, it would be great if it does. It would be a surprise if it does. Realistically though, I'm not so sure that happens. You know, Patty, we talked to Leonard Williams a few times during the season and toward the end of the year, he was asked about, you know, free agency and a re-signing with the Giants and all of that. And, and, you know, he said a few times, he said, it's not about the money, but I'm sorry, it's always about the money. And he's, he's not going to take a single penny less than, than he thinks he can get. No, and why should he? I mean, look, Ed, if somebody said to you, you know, I'll pay you $20 a week to run Big Blue, Big Blue View, you probably say, get the heck out of here. You know, whereas if somebody said, hey, Ed, I'll pay you $5,000 a week, you'd probably jump at that. So, yeah, I mean, we all want to be paid what we think we're worth. The unfortunate thing is, is a lot of us think that we're worth more than what we actually are. And that's where, you know, you, you try to find the happy medium between, you know, what you think you're worth and what the employer thinks you're worth. And, and you know, that's that leads us to the next player we need to talk about, who is, you know, veteran offensive tackle Nate Solder. And I have to admit, at first, you know, we've seen the reports that the Giants and Solder are working on a restructure, that Solder wants to play, that he should be back with the Giants next year. And I have to admit, at first blush, I was a little bit surprised by that. But when you step back and you think about it, the Giants, whether he played or not, whether they cut him or not, because of the dead money that that is involved with, with Solder's contract, the, 
the Giants are committed to pay him a good chunk of money this coming season anyway, or at least have that money on their cap. So it, it makes sense to bring him back, you know, probably as a, as a veteran swing tackle, probably as a backup mentor, you know, for Andrew Thomas and, and Matt Pert. But, you know, so I guess what I, what I want to ask you is, do, do you see, the, the whole solder situation the, the same way that I do where it's like, okay, you know, we've got to pay this money anyway. Let's try to get something out of this player. Yeah, I do, Ed. And, you know, it's – I don't know that that's really a good reason to keep a player because you are devoting a roster spot. But with that said, look, Nate Solder, he's a good locker room guy. You know, contrary to what I think a lot of people believe, you have to factor in that, you know, between what was going on with his son, between his own injuries and whatnot in 2019, there's no way he was right. But, you know, the Giants didn't have any other option at the time. So I do see that as the Giants saying, okay, you know what, we've got a, you know, we've got this guy, we, we've got this money tied into him, let's get something for nothing. Because otherwise, now you've got to go out and you've got to get another um swing tackle so now you're kind of double dipping if you will so it's it, from a from a financial perspective it doesn't make sense especially for a team that doesn't have a lot of salary cap space to begin with right i just hope that uh, you know we haven't seen the numbers there's no deal that's been announced i'm assuming that that the the issue that the giants and solder are working through is is trying to come to some sort of an arrangement that'll drive that cap number down as much as possible to give the Giants at least some room here to to go out and 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 sign a, a couple of players without having to go even even deeper into the roster and restructure guys like Sterling Shepard or or other guys cuz right now the Giants really can't do anything no they they can't and you know you mentioned Sterling Shepard you know that was initially a guy I thought might be restructured and having gone back and looked at it again, I don't know that I would restructure him because he's had injury issues the last two years. The, this year, the receiver class is very deep as we know in the draft. Um, I don't know that it pays to restructure a guy like that, even though, you know, he's still a very good receiver. The injury issues would, would, concern me somewhat i don't know if i'd want to kick the can the can down the road there a guy i would restructure is is jabril peppers he's in the option year of his contract i think he counts for 6.77 million against the cap if i'm not mistaken and this is the option year if he's going to be a long-term part of your your roster which i think he is i mean i don't know i know there were those cryptic tweets he sent out but um, if he's going to be a part of your roster, why not look to get him extended and knock that number down? Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well, Patty. I think that, you know, Peppers is a guy that I would think you would want long term. And, and if you can, he, he's in the last year of his, uh, he's he's actually in his fifth year option year, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes. So he, so it's, it's his last year under contract. So why not get something done? You know, that, that keeps him off the, uh, off the market next year. But the other thing, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about is the, the cut of Kevin Zeitler. I was not surprised by that. 
I wish that the Giants hadn't had to do that. I know some people were on the, the whole restructure Zeitler bandwagon. And, and much like you were talking about with Sterling Shepard, I wasn't really personally willing to go there simply because when you look at Kevin Zeitler, still a good player, but a guy who showed, you know, signs of decline in 2020. And for me, that was not, I wouldn't have wanted to tie myself to a couple more years of Zeitler. Uh, you know, a lot of people say better to, better to move on a year too early than a year too late. And, and as much as, as I hated to see him go, I thought the, uh, the Giants moving on from Zeitler was the right thing, uh, right thing to do. Agree with that or disagree, Patty? Yeah, I, I agree. You know, and that one was a tough one for me because initially when I, I drew up a, a, an off-season plan for the Giants and how they could open up cap space, my argument for cutting him was he's in the final year of his deal. You're going to optimize your savings. I, and I get it. 2.5 million is a lot to dump into dead money, but it just made sense. And if you think about it, Ed, you know, Belichick, Bill Belichick, was famous for getting rid of a guy a year too soon that rather than a year too late. Joe Judge comes from that tree. So maybe, you know, in, in talking with Judge, Dave Gettleman said, okay, you know what? This is a case of, yes, Zeitler still has some good football left in him, but probably not worth extending um, through a restructure of any sort. So I, I wonder if that had something to do with it. And that's been a fault, actually, of the Giants, if you think about it over the years, where they've held on to guys a year or two too late. And it's just something that they need to change internally. And it, it looks like that Zeitler is a good example of them doing so. Sure. All right, Patty, what I want to do is take a quick break here for a word from our sponsors at SB Nation. When we come back, I want to talk about a couple of the other Giants free agents and maybe some of what they uh, what we might expect them to be able to do in the market here in the next few days. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, Giants fans, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast. Ed Valentine talking with Patricia Trena about Giants free agency. And, Patty, we have to talk quickly about two of the Giants players who are about to hit the market and you guys that, that many Giants fans would like to see back. But at this point, I just don't know if it's going to happen. I think that with the Giants cap situation, I just don't think it's going to be possible for them to even compete in the market for Dalvin Tomlinson. And the second one is Wayne Gallman. And when it comes to Gallman, any possibility of, of him returning to the Giants, it's pretty much, it's been crickets out there. I haven't heard much of anything. So I'm not expecting to see either one of those guys return to the Giants in 2021. How about you? Gallman, I would say no. I think Gallman has, has shown that he can be, um, part of a, a, a one-two punch. 
here with the Giants, I don't think he will get that type of role. So I, I don't see Gallman coming back. Tomlinson, I've said all along that if the Giants could get Leonard Williams done early, then they have themselves a fighting chance of bringing Tomlinson back. It can work. But the longer that that uh, franchise tag sits on Leonard Williams, the less likely that they're going to be able to get uh, Dalvin Tomlinson back. Now, the only way I see this happening, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, but the Giants had a situation where Ahmad Bradshaw, running back Ahmad Bradshaw, was a free agent. And Brandon Jacobs at the time was under contract, and he went to management, and he said, hey, I want this guy back, so take some of my money if you need it to pay him. And that's how they were able to bring Ahmad Bradshaw back. Now, would Leonard Williams do the same thing? He's not under contract yet, so, you know, kind of hard for him to do that. But, you know, again, it boils down to if they can get that franchise tag removed and free up some money, then I think they can bring back Dalvin Thompson. That said, I'm not optimistic of that happening by the time free agency opens. I think another team with more cap space is going to come swooping in and snap Dalvin Tomlinson up. Yes, that's that's pretty much where I see that as well. The Giants would like to get that done, but right now it just doesn't look like that's going to be uh, financially possible. Patty, let's talk about about the the possibility of what the Giants could do in terms of bringing players in. I mean, that's the exciting part for fans at this point of the year, the the speculation of who could be signed, who could be brought in. And the reality of it is when I look at it, obviously two to three million in cap space right now, Giants can't do much of anything. If they can get a Williams deal done and a solder restructure done before Wednesday when the signing period starts, they could conceivably put themselves in a situation where they've got 20 to 25 million in cap space to, to spend, which is, when I look at it, which is roughly league average to the point where they could do a couple of things. And yet the more I look at it, the more I look at Joe Judge, the more I look at the cap situation, you know, and, and we've talked a little bit about the whole New England philosophy that, that Judge comes from. I don't see the Giants you going out and making splash signings anyway, no matter how much, you know, money they're able to clear. I still think perhaps with the exception of one wide receiver or one edge rusher, I think the Giants are going to be bargain hunting here over the next uh, the next few days, the next few weeks. We, you, uh, how do you look at it? Yeah, I, I agree with you. They're not going to make you know a big splash. I know everybody would like to see them land Kenny Galladay. I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, I, I'd love to see it too. Don't get me wrong, but realistically speaking, you know, I don't know if they're going to have the space to do that, and then also have the space to do. All the other things you're going to need. But yes, I, I'm totally with you. I just put an article up on Giants Country identifying some bargain bin free agents that maybe have something to prove and have the production and that meet the criteria that they, that the Giants used last year in selecting free agents. So I, I do think, you know, they're going to be able to do some stuff. 
But I, I always say this when it comes to the Giants this year. They're going to be able to do what they need to do, not necessarily what they want to do. There's a big difference there between need and want. And, you know, they're going to have to temper their uh, their want, if you will, um, and, and just focus on the need. And the need is going to be coming from the, the bargain aisle. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, Patty, because we know – I mean, go back to, go back to the Nate Solder signing. We know over and over the, the splash signing, the big money is not always the difference making money. It doesn't always work out the way that, that you, you think it would work out just because a player signed for the most money or just because it was the splashy, sexy move to make. You know, again and again, we see these teams that that quote unquote win free agency or win the off season and, and it doesn't translate. Joe Judge talks all, all the time about bringing in the right guys, about bringing in fits, about bringing in guys that, that can do what the Giants need them to do. And I think that's what they're going to be looking for. Yeah, exactly. You know, look, you have to learn some lessons about, you know, where you went wrong. And I, I did a, uh, an article. I don't know if you saw it on Giants country. I put it out last week. On, on lessons the Giants can learn from the Cleveland Browns. And I know a lot of people are like, well, what have the Cleveland Browns won? The Cleveland Browns are a lot further along in their development than the Giants at this point. So just there was an interesting document that came out um, that I came across called the Browns Guardrails. And it's a, it's a group of bullet points that they follow to get the franchise back on track. And just in looking at what they did and what the Giants have done over the years, you just see – where the Giants have come up short and the lessons that are there to be learned. And one of the lessons is you don't overspend for talent. You don't overspend for depth. You know, case in point, you know, they spent how much, what was it, 3.25 for a backup tight end, Levine Toilolo, and then David Mayo, who was a backup linebacker, they spent big bucks on him for for a backup role. I mean, those are decisions that kill a franchise. And, you know, these are all lessons that hopefully uh, the Giants are learning. It looks like they're learning them. I mean, but we'll, we'll see what they do when they have the opportunity to add to this team. Yeah, it's interesting because even you, you don't think about it, but but in a salary cap world, you know, with a hard cap, those small decisions, Tuai Lolo, David Mayo, those small decisions, you know, end up hurting your ability to make other decisions down the road. So it, it, it's all about, you know, resource allocation and, and we'll see if the Giants are able to continue to get better at it. They were by and large pretty good at it a year ago. The, the bigger signings they made worked out. We can question the two Ilolo signing and, 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 and perhaps the Mayo signing, but I do think the Giants showed some progress in their thinking a year ago. You know, one thing that I keep coming back to, Patty, when I think about free agency is how often have we heard Joe Judge talk about not only the personnel department, not only the front office needing to know personnel around the league, but the coaching staff needing to know the personnel around the league as well. And I think that when you go bargain hunting, this is a real, real test of your personnel department of what you know about the players around the league. So, and, and we'll see if the Giants are able to pass that test this offseason. 
Yeah, and you know, another thing to that is going with the younger players, these guys who are maybe aren't as far removed from their college days. Remember, Judge has a, a staff that has a lot of former college coaches on there who may or may not still be familiar with some of these guys when they were playing. So that's going to factor into the equation, and that's why I think they're going to go with some of these younger guys who maybe they can get at a bargain rate. Yeah, and I don't know, you know, we talk about guys, and and just to talk about a couple of specific players, I'm interested to see if a guy like Hassan Reddick of you know, of the Cardinals, you know, guy who played high school ball in New Jersey, played, you know, played for, uh, was it Temple that he played for, Patty? I believe I it co- collegiately. I, I think it was, right. yeah, I think it was Temple. But I, I'm interested to see if a guy like Hassan Reddick, you know, with 12 and a half sacks last season, I'm interested to see if he, if he winds up in the, it, with a high end contract or if he winds up in a bargain, in, in, in a bargain type situation, cause if you don't have to overpay for him, I think he, he's a guy that might make a lot of sense. Well, and I mean, look, Hassan Reddick is a good player, but let's put this into perspective here. Five of his sacks came against the Giants offensive line that was struggling and to protect a quarterback that couldn't really move. So I would be a little leery about spending big bucks on, on, on Hassan Reddick. Again, I'm not saying he's, he's not worth an investment, but I wouldn't go crazy to overspend to get him here. Just knowing that, you know, five of his sacks came against an immobile quarterback against a, an offensive line that just was garbage that day. Yeah, no, I would agree. And that's why I'm interested to see if he winds up in the bargain, in the, uh, in the bargain aisle per se, because I think that, uh, in the end, I think that's where the Giants end up shopping for, uh, for, for edge help and, and probably for cornerback help as well. Yeah. And, and it all depends with cornerback. It depends on what they think of, of what they have. You know, is Julian Love the answer? I don't know. I mean, they might think he is or they might say, you know what? We can get a cornerback in the draft. Maybe, you know, we just sit tight there. But, you know, the way I look at it is the wide receiver class in the draft is very deep. They could probably get what they need there. The edge rusher class, not so much from what I understand. So maybe they go with, um, you know, a lower priced option. Like I, on my list of uh, five guys that I posted on Giants Country this morning, I had Tyus Bowser as, as a potential free agent target that would make sense and, and wouldn't cost a lot. Um, you know, so you got to kind of weigh the, the two scenarios. Do you, you know, do you go nuts in free agency or do you, do you say, okay, look, this draft is so deep that I can get a player at position X, Y, and Z, um, you know, at, at just about any round of the draft that I choose, you know, so that I think all factors into it as well. Yeah, and the other place where you can probably get a bargain player, which goes back to, you know, why the Giants were willing to, to part ways with Kevin Zeitler is there are going to be a lot of, of quality guards on the market. And I think it was, uh, I think it was the, uh, over the cap website that did a study showing the, the number of, the number of quality guards you can get every year on the market for, for deals of, you know, two to three million dollars a year. And, 
And so if you can do that on the open market, I guess why do you spend $12 million for a guard? So that might be another area where we see the Giants bring in, you know, bring in a veteran player to supplement that, that young group that they've got. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, you know, it, it's interesting. I don't know if you saw it or not, but over the weekend, uh, Will Hernandez posted a, a, a reel, an Instagram reel showing him working with Duke Manyweather and, um, Hernandez was working left and right guard. So maybe in anticipation of a move, you know, he's getting himself ready for, for a potential move to right guard. But, you know, I, I would like to think that Dave's got some kind of plan in mind, what that plan is. And if it makes sense, I can't sit here and say for sure I can answer that, but, um, this is a big year. I think we can all agree that the Giants need to surround Daniel Jones with not only playmakers, but they've got to make sure that he's got a human brick wall in front of him. If they do not, if Gettleman comes up short in accomplishing that, then you just cannot justify keeping him after this year. This is a big year. You know, the Giants got to know for sure, is Daniel Jones the long-term answer a quarterback? And if you don't give him a fighting chance to show that he is or isn't, then you have set the franchise back. And that's why this is just such a huge year, a challenging year. And, you know, I made this comment um, when I when I wrote about Dave Gettleman's media session with us. I don't know if you noticed it too, Ed, but Gettleman sure did look really tired to me. I mean, he, he looked physically exhausted. My understanding is he's doing well health-wise, but he looked like he's been through the ringer. Yeah, no, I really didn't, I really didn't notice, you know, anything going on with him physically, Patty, but you're absolutely right that this is a huge, huge year for Gettleman, for the Giants franchise, because sooner or later, no one ever wants to put expectations on number of victories and all of that, but sooner or later, all of this work has to translate into winning football games and if it doesn't you can't keep going down this road and 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 the way that I look at it Patty is very simple if if push comes to shove and and you're the New York Giants and, and you come out of 2021 and you think I might need to go out and find another quarterback to lead this franchise as as much as as I may not have criticized Dave Gettleman to the extent that that some others have, the the point is you cannot let Dave Gettleman choose another quarterback for this franchise. You just can't. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree, and that's why this year is such a big one. Again, they have to put a solid offensive line in front of Daniel Jones. They've got to get him a playmaker because, look, can we all agree that Daniel Jones was working, you know, with with a lot of handicaps last year, not having, you know, solid receivers, healthy receivers, guys who could hold on to the ball, not having, you know, his top running back, not having a, a consistent offensive line. And, you know, I don't care what anybody says, that – in and out with the offensive linemen, that that had to mess things up. I know I've spoken with Mark Schofield about that, and he said that that can affect a quarterback, especially a young quarterback's, um, you know, timing and and sense of trust on who's going to block what, you know, well. So they've got to 
put the pieces in place. I, I fully expect the draft and free agency, we're going to see a lot of offensive pieces added um, because they've got to know for sure. You know, Daniel does look like he's the guy for the future, but can we sit here and say with with 100% certainty that he is? I know I can't. No, and and it's interesting, Patty, because I talked to uh, former Jets GM, you know, Mike Tannenbaum about three weeks ago about Daniel Jones. And, and what he said is, is look, at some point, you know, there, there are all of those, and, and I don't want to use the word excuses, but there are all of those things that have worked against Jones last year. But, you know, Tannenbaum happens to be a, a, a Jones believer, but he said sooner or later, no matter what's around the guy, you have to be able to look at that guy and say that's a great player. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 and soon, and Daniel Jones has shown us little flashes of things that, that, that make you optimistic, but you can't say that yet. So you're absolutely right that come out of 2021, you have to know. You know, whether Jones is the guy or whether you have to move on and, and, and the Giants do him a disservice if they don't give him a full chance. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right. Daniel Jones has shown little flashes here and there, but he's also had some brain hiccups, if you will, that make you question, okay, what's he thinking? And, you know, Joe Judge, God bless him. He's never going to say anything bad about any of his players. I get that, but you know, you can only sugarcoat the truth so long. And you can't sit there and say that, you know, not everybody had a hand in what the team's record was or how the games turned out and whatnot, because it's not true. I mean, we all saw what we saw. So, you know, we'll see what they end up doing. But I do think, you know, you got to give Daniel Jones the benefit of the doubt. I think he's the guy. But, you know, remember, it also took them how many years to, to finally answer, you know, put to bed any questions about Eli Manning being the guy. So, you know, and Eli had a little bit better supporting cast around him. So we'll see what the what the, the Giants do for Daniel. Yes, we will, Patty. And it's going to be an interesting few days. It's going to be an interesting off season all the way around, free agency, the draft, all of that. Just wanted to wanted to thank you once again for coming on. Giants fans, please remember, you know, when you get tired of Big Blue View, if you ever get tired of Big Blue View, and I really don't know why you would, you know, feel free to stop over and check out Patty's excellent work over at Giants Country. And uh, Patricia, we will we will talk to you again soon, hopefully, maybe some maybe someday actually in person again. That would be nice, right? If we could all get uh, vaccinated, if we are going to get vaccinated. I know that's a choice, but, you know, more importantly, everybody continue to be safe. Hope everybody out there is, is doing okay. And Nick, get better soon, my friend. Yes, please do that. Do that for, for your sake and for both of our sakes, you know, because Nick uh, does some really great work for me, does some really great work over there for you. And and, and one of these days, Patty, we are going to have to have that tug of war. You're not going to win this one. You know, you know, I bulldog. <laughs> Patty, I've 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 been married for for 30 some years now, and 
I have never, I don't think I've ever won an argument with a woman, so. And I never will. It's not going to start now, my friend. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I am undefeated in my argument with men. Just ask my husband. Oh, I don't have to. <laughs> Believe me, I already know, Patty. All right. Thanks. Thanks again, Patty. Giants fans, take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now.